Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday, May 13th, or May 12th, May 12th, that tomorrow's May 13th, May 12th, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josie. Seriously. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say another Gregory McMichael apologetics argument has been debunked. Wow, this just keeps happening. The claim that um, Ahmed, the guy who McMichael shot, was a serial robber, that was debunked. The claim that he was some kind of dangerous criminal, that was debunked. The claim that McMichael was attempting to do a legitimate citizen's arrest was totally debunked. All of this has been debunked. However, they had one other piece of evidence, and this is the evidence that they were shoving in our faces, and that was that McMichael, or not McMichael, Ahmed had previously frequented a construction site that even had cameras up because copper piping had been stolen. And we see Ahmed walking around really late at night at a few of these videos, not, no evidence he stole anything. Now, that property was owned by a guy named Larry English, okay? And here's a quote from Larry English. I've never had a police report or anything stolen from my property or any kind of robbery. Whackity schmackity doo. And mind you, mind you, even then, I would still say that a home invasion is not really worthy of being killed. I'm just going to say that, especially not by a different person. Like, okay, if it was Larry English who shot Ahmed, maybe I could see the point here. But as far as I'm concerned, this is completely irrelevant. I'm sorry, but the more evidence that comes out, the more these excuses just crumble. Larry English himself did not have an issue with Ahmed being there. So what? Is is he just... This is the same argument... They're going to do the same argument they made after Molly Tibbetts, that woman who became a martyr after she was killed by an illegal immigrant, after her family revealed that they weren't anti-immigration and they didn't like websites like VDAIR and Breitbart, using it as an excuse for anti-immigrant policies. Oh, they just all screamed, oh, well, that family's brainwashed. They're going to make the same argument about Larry English. I'm promising you now. Assuming they don't just ignore it, which they're probably going to do. So, yeah, here's my question. Here's my question. Liberty Hangout, John Miller, Nick Fuentes, all those America First people who demanded, demanded people apologize for pushing the Just a Jogger narrative. Now, which I did, and I did apologize for that as soon as the evidence came out that that was wrong, because I don't give a shit about who it helped or who it hurts. I just want to give you guys the information. That's it. So when I found out that was wrong, I apologized for it on Twitter, and then on Monday said I was wrong. Go back, listen to yesterday's show if you don't believe me. However, none of these people apologized. None of them for claiming that Ahmed was a serial robber. In fact, uh, Ashley Ray Greipenberg, I believe is her name, the girl who's now blocked me because I said she was screaming nonsense, um, said that out of all three of the major people who were killed, 
those being Ahmed, Michael Brown, and Trayvon Martin, that Ahmed was the worst, which is objectively untrue. If anything, Michael Brown was worse. And even then, I'd still say Michael Brown really didn't deserve to be shot because he robbed the store while high. But no, this is the same thing I did with Michael Brown, though, and I was talking about this yesterday and in the article I wrote about this today. Um, as soon as, with Michael Brown, as soon as they debunked the idea that he literally put his hands in the air and told Darren Wilson not to shoot him, or, for that matter, when they debunked the idea that he was, as some people put it, a gentle giant, they just focused on that instead of asking, well, did this man deserve to be shot? Because the game here is to focus on the minor details, get tripped up in these minor details, so you don't actually notice what's going on. If I ask the average person, does a man who robbed the store Walt High deserve to be shot, most of them would say, well, probably not by the, or probably not by the police officer, I guess if the uh, store owner shoots them, that's one thing. But even then, I'd prefer they try and incapacitate them as opposed to shoot them dead. You know, something like that. Something reasonable. But then you add in all these details. You add in and subtract all these little details over time until the average person is just so lost in that that they can't focus on what originally happened. That's what they're doing with Ahmed. They were pushing the narrative that he was a serial robber because they knew that after that was the bunk, the only counter-narrative would be that he was just a jogger. Then the narrative he was just a jogger was the bunk, which it was probably going to be. Which it was probably going to be because there's usually more to these stories. And they just continue from there. They continue from there focusing on these little mistakes the left-wing media made and not focusing on the major question, that being, did Ahmed Arabi deserve to be shot? So will John Miller apologize for claiming he was a serial robber? Probably not. Will Liberty Hangout apologize for saying that Larry English apparently put up these cameras to stop a robbery from occurring, which they did? Probably not, because they weren't meant to. They're trying to shame the media. This is the same thing they did with rape. This is the same thing they do with rape. They shame the media into not talking about it like they did with Ford. And when this Tara Reid thing comes up, they scream hypocrisy. Same reason why they complain when the media doesn't cover these minor footnotes of stories related to black people killing white people. Um, by the way, these people are honestly surprised that a country with over three times as many white people uh, has more white crime than black crime. Like, crime is typically just opportunity and proximity. If you're a random guy and you say, I'm going to commit a crime today, there's a 60% chance that crime, if it's completely randomly picked, would be against a white person, as opposed to a 14% chance it would be against a black person. So no shit white people are bigger victims of crime. There's way more of them. No shit. Oh my god, this guy's clearly read the bell curve. Uh, 
But no, then when these, like, minor stories, these completely uncontroversial stories come up of a black guy or an illegal immigrant or someone killing a white person, they complain to me I didn't cover them, when there's not much to cover. National media can't cover every local news story, and whenever they try, they start trying to for a little bit, they end up with things like Ferguson, like this, and which they just get torn apart over, which they get torn apart over. And that's the end goal, is to put the media in this, like, schizophrenic state, if you will, in this on-and-off-switch state where they just can't make heads or tails over what they're supposed to report on. Because they've eternalized the media so much as their enemy, they are making sure to craft it in that direction so it becomes more accurate. Seriously, that is honestly what's going on here. There is no way around it. That is what is going on here. And that is why, despite all the claims that the criticisms against Ford were a witch hunt, or the uh, accusations against Kavanaugh by Ford were a witch hunt and the media shouldn't be wasting your time with it, now they're complaining they aren't covering the accusations about Reed or against Biden by Tara Reed. Same thing going on here. Well, you're covering this Ferguson, Missouri thing, but why aren't you covering this minor, even less controversial uh, shooting done in in nowhere, Pennsylvania? Because there was no controversy around it. Aaron Wilson generated controversy. The guy who shot Emily Jones really didn't. Could you even tell me his name? Exactly. Exactly. And that's just one of the... And by the way, that's just one of the names I saw. Losing loser Pete D'Aposta. Uh, Pete D'Aposta. Aposta pull around and while he was complaining that Matt Walsh wasn't covering them. Uh, because if there's one person who is very, 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 very skeptical of the idea that children should remain alive, it's Matt Walsh, the most pro-life commentator in the country outside of literal anti-abortion organizations. And I, th I think even some of them are more pro-choice than Matt Walsh. Yeah, you're right. You're right, loser Pete. You're right. Um, Matt Walsh does not care about the lives of children. That's why he did that whole... That's why he helped plan a march in, I think it was Pennsylvania. That's the state Brian Sims was from? I think, yeah, I think it was Pennsylvania. Specifically against abortion. Yeah, out of nowhere in like a month. I think it was even less than a month. Yep, you're right, Pete. You're right. Matt Walsh just hates children. How did you figure that out? You must have cracked the code. You're an idiot. These people are idiots with an agenda that is so transparent, and yet we're just not allowed to call them out on it. That's what it comes down to. We're just not allowed to call them out on their pathetically obvious agenda. And it is sad. It is. There's no way around it. This is sad. This entire country right now the state of discourse is just sad. And for that matter, I thought the Gripers just wanted a conversation. Remember that when Nick Fuentes and his goons were interrupting Ben Shapiro and Charlie Kirk Q&As to ask why no Israelis died in an attack on New York? 
Yeah, that's seriously one of their big conspiracies is, well, no Israelis died. Uh, my audio paused, so I'm just restarting that sentence. <laughs> I'm not redoing a 12-minute rant, I'm sorry. But no, that's one of their big theories is, no Israelis died on 9-11. Maybe that's because it happened in New York. You know? I hear neither of any triple brackets Canadians. You guys know no banjo players died on 9-11? Just saying, just asking questions. But no, that was their excuse. They want a conversation. You want a conversation around Ahmed Arabi? Too bad. No, nope, you don't get one. You do not get one. And you know why you don't get one? Because you believe that they want a conversation, and you let them have any amount of say in the discourse. These people don't want a conversation. These are the same people who will say that everything is a slippery slope. But also, they in no way want to ban homosexuality. Seriously, I heard Fuentes say that in his response to Shapiro's, um, in one of Shapiro's speeches. He said, oh, well, no one here wants to ban homosexuality, but also everything the left does is a slippery slope. Yeah, totally, Nick. I totally believe that. I totally believe that. Do not worry. Do not worry. These people are buffoons, is my point. Anyway, um, so here's the state of your civil rights or civil liberties or whatever you want to call them at this point. In 2020, Mitch McConnell moves to expand Bill Barr's surveillance power. Days after Justice Department controversially dropped charges against Michael Flynn, Senate GOP Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, our Kentucky, is set to expand a highly politicized Justice Department surveillance authorities during a vote this week to renew the 2001 Patriot Act. Oh, goody! By the way, wasn't the Patriot Act supposed to expire in, like, 06? You remember that? You guys remember that? We were supposed to, you know, just have it in for a little bit so we could fight terrorism. Welp, now we've toppled Saddam Hussein. Okay. We have then been fighting the Taliban basically continuously for 19 years now, or almost 19. Um, and now, now, we're still not done. We are still not done. Because why would we be? This war was never meant to be won. It was meant to be continuous. Under cover of redressing what President Donald Trump and his allies call the FBI's witch hunt over collusion with the Kremlin, McConnell, via an amendment to the Patriot Act, will expressly permit the FBI to warrantlessly collect records on Americans' web browsers and search history, even if I use incognito mode. I just figured I'd add that for the sake of you knowing. In a different amendment, McConnell also gives, also proposes giving Attorney General visibility into, quote, accuracy and completeness of FBI surveillance submissions to the secret Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act visa courts. Versions of this amendment circulating Monday were shared with the Daily Beast. This is the country we live in now. And mind you, this is only getting worse every day. This isn't even the worst of it. On the state level, some states have facial recognition technology, which doesn't even fully work yet, by the way, but is already being used to recognize 
the vast majority, to recognize people who they think might be criminals and arrest them. And Charlie Kirk is angry that Democrats are blocking it. Seriously. This is going on right now. We have facial recognition technology that is being used specifically for the purposes of catching criminals, which is how this always starts. It's how it always, that's just how everything starts. You know, in 1917, Woodrow Wilson passed the Alien and Sedation Act, okay? And he promised us that would only be in use after World War, or during World War I. Okay? Then, a year later, him and his Attorney General, A. Michael Palmer, were using it to deport basically anyone who disagreed with him. Really, that was what was going on. Those were the Palmer raids. And now, we live in a situation where they can just look at anything, where the government can just have any information, but of course, you're worried about Google using cookies or some shit. That's the other thing. Whenever you hear people like Josh Holly talk about how much data Google has on you, or Amazon has on you, or Twitter has on you, or Facebook has on you, I want you to consider the fact that the government has an unbelievable amount more times data on you. We're talking to the hundredth power. More times information on you, more times data on you than Google or Amazon has, and nobody is talking about it. Seriously, nobody is talking about it. Nobody is talking about how the NSA is still spying on us every day. And yet, we are concerned that Google has our information. Has a small amount of our information because we search things up into it. Listen, whatever I search, whatever I search on Google should be between me and Google unless you get a warrant. And this is also why another thing not talked about enough is subpoena power. And what subpoena power basically means in the digital age is they can get all your information already. So this is barely even an expansion as it is. I mean, seriously. Subpoena power should not be allowed in a fair society without a warrant. Yet it is. And that is, at the end of the day, what we need to be actually concerned about. So yes, this is obviously bad. But the fact that it would do so little, the fact it would change our current society so little, is quite possibly a more concerning aspect. Seriously. And nobody is calling it out. Nobody. Nobody. The Patriot Act is going to be reauthorized. Maybe it won't have McConnell's amendment. I don't know. But it is almost certainly going to be reauthorized. And we need to. That should be the first thing anybody who gets into Congress should do. Justin Amash, if you're listening to this, you need to stay in Congress for longer Specifically so you can keep introducing the same legislation. Here, I'll give you the perfect one. Just one section, one line. The United States Patriot Act is hereby fully repealed. Just do that. And any amendments to it are repealed. And any laws building off it are repealed. Just do that much. Seriously. Just start with that. And watch the entire surveillance state. Watch all of these 
deep state goons just fall. And it will be amazing. Seriously. And Justin Amash, on the off chance you are listening to this, please stay in Congress. Please stay in Congress for as long as they will let you. Specifically so you can fight against bullshit like this. Because we know none of the America first populist Republicans are going to push back against McConnell's amendment. You think Josh Hawley's going to push back against it? No, he loves stuff like this. This is what he lives for. He doesn't want Facebook to have your data. He does want the government to have your data, though. He's never done anything to stop that, and he never will do anything to stop that, because it's really about power with people like him. His biggest issue is that there are people besides the government who have your data. And that is why he's going to fall in line with McConnell on this. Same thing with Matt Gates. Seriously. Although, I guess if it's already passed the House, Gates can't vote on it. But you guys know what I mean. None of the America First populists are going to call this out. But if something even a quarter as bad as this were to, be, were to have been introduced in a previous society, it would have, like, bounced us off the wall. When there were rumors about J. Edgar Hoover wiretapping phones in the 60s, people were outraged. What do we have now? We have a scenario where Congress is basically introducing legislation to justify power it already has. Seriously, that's what's going on right now. There is no way around it. That is completely what is going on right now. We are seeing with our own eyes the complete removal of society. Or not removal of society, the complete removal of privacy from our society. And it started with the Patriot Act in 01. And it was supposed to start in 94 after Oklahoma City. But, you know, Bill Clinton refused to and actually fought terrorists, and they never forgave him for that. That's why. They were against Gore in 2000. It's massive hate campaign against him in 96 that failed. It was supposed to start earlier than it actually did. And now, what we have is the road to tyranny. That's what we're on. We're on the road to tyranny. And it's not going to stop quite anytime soon unless we make it stop. Anyway, here's a story about freedom of information. News outlets sue for information on small business loan program. A handful of the company's most prominent news publications are suing Small Business Administration after it refuses to release which businesses were receiving money through the $660 billion Paycheck Protection Program. Um, because a good amount of those businesses probably start with the word, or probably are multiple words, but the first word is Trump. I'm sorry, but the fact is that people have a right to know these things, have a right to know where their taxpayer dollars are going. Meanwhile, we don't even know the total budget. Seriously. Because a large amount of it is spent on defense, and defense budgets and Pentagon budgets are basically entirely classified. So only a handful of people, those who work in those departments, as well as the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and I think maybe it's House equivalent, 
and the president know the actual budget and the extent of our deficit. Isn't that amazing? Of course, we can estimate it through doing some mathematical calculations, but the fact is, a lot of the budget right now is black budgets, is classified. So as it stands, we don't even know for sure where our tax dollars are going. And that is disgusting. You know, I think it's France that has it so. When you get a paycheck, they actually tell you what your tax money is going to line by line. You know, why don't we have that system? Seriously, why don't we have that system? You're going to make us pay taxes, pay money to you. We should at least know where it's going towards. Even in regards to military defense, even in regards to the military. Seriously. There is no need, and I've gotten some pushback for saying this, but there is no need for classification anymore. There never has been and there never will be. If your enemy wants information, they're going to get it. They are. In truth, okay, in truth, what we really, we fought, think of all the wars we won without classification, the American Revolutionary War, the American Civil War, the War of 1812, the First World War, the Spanish-American War, the Mexican-American War, various Indian Wars. We won all of those without classifying anything. I think we even won World War II without it. But then Eisenhower, but then Truman walks in one day and says, actually, we need it now. Why? Why do we need it? And we're just acting like it's this thing that's always been there. The governments that keep secrets from you aren't the good guys. There have been videos that have been declassified of UFOs and nobody's talking about it. Nobody. Um, but there have been, but they aren't like your friends. They're people like the Soviets. They're the Soviet communists. They're the kinds who keep secrets from its people. Authoritarian states need to keep secrets. Seriously. And yet, we have just accepted that the government has to keep some secrets from us every now and again. You know, for our own good. And that own good turns out to be evidence that the Gulf of Tolkien was a false flag. Yeah, remember that? It took us until 2005, 40 years after the Gulf of Tolkien, to find documents that said it was a false flag. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Or that the head of the JFK's Warren Commission, the committee designed to investigate the JFK assassination, created a false flag plot. Now, this didn't go through, but it was a false flag plot to intentionally crash planes in Florida and blame it on Fidel Castro. That's another thing that we just have to keep classified. You guys just can't know. You know, all the, look at how much the Mueller report was classified. What do you have? What danger is it to know whether or not our government colluded with Russia? And that's why, by the way, when people say, read the Mueller report, I can't. I can't. Because so much of it is classified. Same thing with the full Senate committee report on torture, which is something like 3,000 pages. 
Would love to have it on my bookshelf so I can see the full extent of what the sickos in government are doing. No, no, you can't have it. You can't have it. Have this summary that we edited down. That shows us to be slightly less sickos. You know, you want the evidence that Saudi Arabia was involved with 9-11? Sorry, the Bush White House classified those 28 pages of the 9-11 report. You can't have it. I have a copy of the 9-11 Commission report on my bookshelf. And I encourage everyone to get one as protest. And to know that they continued to classify every single thing that we already knew is evidence that this government will lie to you. And I know I'm using this as a jumping off point to talk about classification in general, but abolish the damn thing. Seriously. We don't need to abolish the FBI or the CIA. Abolish classification. I'm dead serious. That's what we need to do. That's really what we need to do. Abolish the entire concept of classification. Been advocating for that for years, and I'm going to stand by advocating that till the day I die. A free government does not need to keep secrets from us. I'm sorry. And the fact is, we have more evidence of that right here. What does the Small Business Administration not want us to see? Is it the fact that most of the small businesses that are getting funding from the PPP are actually big businesses? a lot of which are run by Donald Trump and Steve Mnuchin because it's just a giant fucking pocket-stuffing game of them? That's what's going to find out? I promise you that's what it's going to find out. You ever notice that? They never classify, like, the documents that push their narrative. How many of the classified documents from the Bush years said that Iraq had WMDs? Serious question. How many of the classified documents... Uh, from the Johnson administration and from the Nixon administration determined that actually the Vietnam War was totally justified. I don't think very many. I just don't. I'd love to see that study, though. No, the fact is, if government is keeping a secret from you, it's not because they're benevolent, okay? It's not because... They're trying to look out for you because they have something that disproves their narrative. As George Carlin said, I don't believe anything the government tells me. I don't. Because when they have the power to hide the fact they're lying to you, what incentive is there to tell the truth? I was rambling about this for minutes because it just, it's a perfect example. It's the perfect example. So yeah, abolish fucking classification. You hear me? Abolish the fuck out of it, and then reinstate it and abolish it again. Seriously. Abolish it, reinstate it, and abolish it again in that order. That's what we need to do. That is what we should demand. We should demand, like, a constitutional amendment banning it. If there's ever a revolution in this country, which there might be, there might be, then we should, that should be in a new constitution. The government cannot classify things. Because a free government does not need to keep secrets from you. It doesn't. It just doesn't. But, yeah, this, this story pissed me off in a new level.
Anyway, today the House Democrats have announced that they have a new $3 trillion coronavirus relief package. Another one? Another fucking relief package. Have we not been relieved already? Feeling pretty relieved right now myself, if I'm being honest with you. You know, it would be nice if one of these relief packages were good enough to where we don't need another one like a month later. Seriously. Seriously. This is from The Hill. House Democrats today unveiled their latest round of coronavirus relief legislation as they seek to put pressure on Republicans to start negotiations for additional measures to contain the pandemic impact on U.S. workers. The 1,815-page, roughly $3 trillion legislation, Jesus Christ, 1,800 pages. You think that's enough? Then you need to add at least a couple more thousand. Then maybe, maybe we'll have the perfect bill. And of course, Democrats think there's going to be compromise with McConnell as the Senate lead. I swear to God. McConnell could introduce a legislation literally called the Eat Shit Losers. Oh, by the way, I'll Never Compromise Act. And then some Senate Democrat will say, I will work hard with my Republican colleagues to reach a bipartisan consensus on the Eat Shit Losers. Oh, by the way, I'll Never Compromise Act of 2020. I think that was the Internet Hippo's tweet at the time. I think it was like 2018 he said that. Oh, we're in a hippo, by the way. He's really funny. Um, roughly $3 trillion legislation is a grab bag of top Democratic priorities ranging from funding for food assistance, state and local government, contingency plans for vote by mail in the November election, another round of direct stimulus payments to individuals and hazard pay for essential workers on the front lines of the pandemic. Okay, well, first off, I automatically automatically don't believe that's everything. That's taking 1,800 pages. Okay. No, you could probably write that in, like, 20. We know there's more. We know there's more. In the case of Republicans, it's more money that goes to Mnuchin, and in the case of Democrats, it's more money that's spread out so thin across all these different departments and agencies. That it's not actually going anywhere. Um, I think I saw something else from the Hill. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick. That was just the... I don't think it was the full legislation. But it was a large amount of it. Okay. Oh, we can find the whole bill here. Huh. Well, I'll, I'll give it a read at some point. And, uh, oh, fuck, I gotta download it? Fuck you, I'm not downloading shit. But no, don't get me wrong, I'm not even necessarily against a good couple of the ideas proposed here. However, the fact that we need another COVID-19 relief bill so soon after the last one, this is like, what, the third bill? Is evidence that our system is broken. There's no way around it. There's evidence that our system is broken. Why do we need more than one in the first place? The answer is because our system is so screwed over that you have to prioritize either getting as many through as possible or giving money to as many people as possible. 
No matter how you view it, representatives tripping over themselves to introduce their new, own special relief bill after a previous one passes is not a healthy system. It isn't. I'm sorry, and that's what I've always said. We should have been, we should have had an ambitious first one, and not necessarily a less ambitious second or third and fourth one as well. You know, we just needed one good one. Instead, we're on like our third. And that is an issue. That is an issue. Because it shows that our government is too focused on getting the numbers and not actually helping the American public. Which is objectively a bad thing. I think we can all agree. So really, the fact there even is a third one in the first place is the problem. As for the legislation itself, I don't know the specifics of it. I don't trust that's all that's in an 1,800-page document. Um, however, at the same time, I can't really say I oppose it until I've read the whole thing. So until then, I'm going to say I'm neutral, but at the same time, the fact that such a document exists in the first place is kind of the issue. Anyway, um, so the pussy grabbers for civility, decency, and sexual consent are back. At least that's what I call them. Uh... Pro-Trump group releases new ad using audio of Tara Reid. And may I remind you that the woman who accused Dr. Fossey of rape admitted that it was because Jacob Wall was paying her, but I totally believe Tara Reid. Current affairs told me to. A super PAC supporting President Trump's re-election campaign will release a new ad on Tuesday, that's today, featuring audio clips from Tara Reid, who has accused former Vice President Joe Biden of sexual assault. The Great America PAC is putting six figures behind the ad, which will run online first. The group plans to put more money behind it and to run it nationally in on TV in coming weeks. Um, Biden should therefore run a response ad with the 25 women that have accused Donald Trump of rape, one of which was 13 when it happened. Fuck you. I'm now relating... Uh, with Joe Walsh more and more as days go on. I make fun of the guy, like, nonstop. But I'm really relating with his strategy of just saying fuck a lot. If only because that is how I am feeling a lot of the time now. The ad, which is called Shattered, plays audio of Reed recounting her allegation of assault over footage of Biden touching different women and girls. Um, none of which were inappropriate sexually. That's the thing. There are all these stories. I remember one of them that was linked to in that Current Affairs article said that um, eight women had accused Biden of being inappropriate. Well, seven of those eight women accused him of being inappropriate, but none of sexual assault or rape. Meanwhile, one of them did, and her name is Tara Reid. I'm sorry, but Tara Reid's story just does not mesh with what we know about Biden. You know, we know if he had, if she had just said he was being inappropriate, that's one thing. But accusing him of full-on rape is just unbelievable. And we have all this evidence that her story has changed numerous times. We have all this evidence that she's praised Joe Biden a number of times. The person who accused Roy Moore never did that. The person who accused uh, Brett Kavanaugh never did that. 
But with Biden, somehow we just can't talk about that. We just can't. And again, these were the same packs that were running. Ads calling the allegations against Kavanaugh, which were more credible. Which were more credible a witch hunt. But no, that was their end game. They specifically wanted to make it so sexual assault wasn't taken seriously. And so, when we stop taking sexual assault seriously, they call us all hypocrites. That's their end goal here. Seriously, that is actually what is going on. I'm still trying to figure out where this democratic privilege was for John Conyer, or for Jeffrey Epstein, or for Harvey Weinstein, or for Al Franken, or for Anthony Weiner, or for all these people, for all these other people. But no, Joe Biden is evidence. Joe Biden is the evidence that we just don't take it seriously anymore. Uh, Tara Reid said Joe Biden sexually assaulted her for legal reasons, we have to say said. Text on the ad reads, Democrats and the media are trying to ignore her chilling story. She was invited on Morning Joe. She was invited on MSNBC, which is basically the apologetics network for the Democratic Party. Remember that? Or no, no, she wasn't. Biden was. My bad, my bad. She wasn't invited on Morning Joe. The allegations were brought up to Biden on Morning Joe. But either way, it was, it was talked about on MSNBC, which is the propaganda hub for the Democratic Party. Reid was invited on NBC with Megyn Kelly. She's being silenced my ass. Nobody's trying to cover her up. We're looking into her story and finding out it doesn't gel with reality. This is the same thing they did with Roderick after she was discredited. They said, well, why are you ignoring her? Because she's been discredited. Well, how do you know that if you didn't report on her? We did report on her. Well, why aren't you still reporting her? Because she's been discredited. And so on and so on and so on. But they're going to keep clinging to this no matter how many times it's debunked. But, okay. Everything about this is just absolutely awful in every way. Like, wow. Uh, Reed is never pictured over the course of the 60-second ad, obviously. Um, but she can be heard saying, I would see him at meetings and he would basically put his hand on me, put his hand on my shoulders, run his fingers up my neck. He was like handsy with a lot of people. There was no like exchange, really. He just made me. He just had me up against the wall. His hands were on my under, or, uh, on me and underneath my clothes. Later, Reed said, Biden went down my skirt, but then up inside it. Um, again, no evidence of that. The only evidence we have is what? An anonymous call on Larry King's show. That we don't even know was from her mother. That's what they're saying. And again, where are the counter ads pointing out that Trump's been accused of being sexually assaulted by 25 different women? Find me that. Find me that. And then, and then I'll start worrying more about Tara fucking Reed. Okay, here's another story about um, who's really buying our elections, apparently. Gun control groups spent or to spend at least $5 million in Arizona ahead of November. Gun control group Every Town for Gun Safety announced Tuesday it plans to spend at least $5 million in Arizona ahead of the state's highly contested Senate race and general election in November.
This outlay in Arizona is a part of the group's $60 million national investment in this election cycle. Uh, for the record, according to gun control advocates, the main reason we don't have gun control in this country is because of the National Rifle Association, because it just buys our politicians. Now, I don't like the National Rifle Association. I think it's basically a shill group for the Republican Party. Okay, I'll say that right now. However, I also believe that it's not controlling anyone. It's being controlled by the Republican Party. Uh, so how much has the NRA given? In 2020 so far, 300, $349,844. That gun control organization is spending $5 million in Arizona and $60 million nationwide. Are they buying our elections and so now we're going to have to have strict gun control? Of course not. Of course not. This whole idea that big money is the only thing that influences politics promoted by progressives is just not true. Now, it is true money does have more of an influence than I feel it should. I will never deny that. However, the mere presence of money, while it can propel a candidate, it also can't uh, mandate a candidate wins. Michael Bloomberg's one of the richest guys in the nation. He ran for president in 2020. We all laughed at him. He was buying out so many ads, we started making fun of that. Remember there was one on EIRL. I didn't know my Game Boy Advance got Michael Bloomberg ads. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I ever saw. Hi, I'm Michael Bloomberg, and I like to get things done. Um, hi, I'm Michael Bloomberg, and I get things done. Like when I got my entire presidential campaign done in less than three months. <laughs> but no, in truth, they can't mandate a candidate wins. The NRA, what it does in terms of lobbying, it doesn't really even lobby if I'm being honest. It spends next to nothing on lobbying. It's a drop in the bucket compared to most other organizations. And what it is, is it's basically just a shill group for the Republican Party. It doesn't control anything. Republicans get NRA endorsements because the NRA works for them. Same thing with Planned Parenthood. You know, Planned Parenthood does not control Democratic politics. Democratic politics controls Planned Parenthood and what it says. I'm sorry, but that's what's going on here. These people have the relationships backwards with a lot of these groups. The fact is, if the Republican Party were to be pro-gun control, so would the NRA, as we saw when it endorsed red flag laws. In fact, the NRA had endorsed most forms of gun control up until Bill Clinton proposed an assault rifle ban in 1994, which, of course, was signed the law and expired a decade later. They didn't repeal it or anything, they just let it expire. Um, but no, now we have gun control groups spending several times, uh, 200 times more than the NRA is. Are we going to see progressives talking about how that's controlling our politics? Are we? Are we going to see how this pro-gun control 
Yeah, big gun control is coming for us, guys. Seriously? <laughs> no. No. Because these organizations do not control politics. Politics control these organizations, usually. Most gun control groups are shills for the Democratic Party, and most pro-gun groups are shills for the Republican Party. That's how it always works. How many times has the NRA actually lobbied to get the ban on fully automatic weapons signed by President Reagan repealed? None, because that's not what they do. They put up Charlton Heston. Remember when Charlton Heston was the head of the NRA? When he was in the deepest thrones of Alzheimer's, even? They put up Heston, or Lafayette, or North, and say, Listen, okay? I, I take the lime and the coconut and shoot them both. And the whole crowd just starts applauding and going wild. Whoa! That's what the NRA is. You put the lime in the coconut and shoot them both. Boom, boom. <laughs> that, that's what it is. That's what it is. I'm sorry. That, that's just what it is. Um, and now we're seeing gun control organizations fight back primarily through um, doing what the NRA's been doing, and no one's going to not acknowledge it. Nobody's going to talk about it because that goes against their narrative. That countergroups exist. It's the same reason you'll hear Republicans talk about how Planned Parenthood controls our elections. You'll never hear them talk about pro-life organizations like Live Action. Never hear them say, or LifeSite News, how that influences our elections, how that influences how things are done, if only because they're getting paid by them. And gun control is very similar to abortion in the fact that it's never going to happen because there is so much money in fighting it. Seriously. If we ever got gun control passed, all these gun control organizations would just disappear. Same thing if we banned abortion, all these pro-life organizations would disappear, and they are given big money. Seriously. Big money tends to just keep things where it is, if I'm being honest. And so the NRA are playing useful idiots, riling up a show, when in truth, gun control is never going to happen because there is so much money in proposing it. Seriously. Anyway, I just thought that was worth talking about for a minute. You know, I have weird interests. Anyway, that that is all for tonight. I'm Ephraim, and I'm signing out. See you all tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, you may enjoy my book, Ramblings of a Madman, Life as an Anarchist. Or for that matter, if you want to submit to me a story or a column to the bunk or anything, simply send it to peacefulglobalistreview at gmail.com.